0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another night here on our Twitch channel. My name, of course, is Seth. And uh, for those of you that are familiar with the channel, you know that typically what we do is we stream FIFA late night during the week once my wife and kids go to bed. But we've got something very different for you guys tonight and something that we're hopefully, hopefully going to be doing uh, much more regularly. Joining me tonight, you see over here to my to my left, I guess on the screen, uh, or however you're looking to your right, my left, whatever. Uh, my my partner, my 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 friend, my, my partner here uh, with what we do. This is my friend Jacob. Uh, we'll bring him in in here in just a second. Jacob uh, and I are both huge supporters of New Mexico United. And tonight for you guys live, we are recording episode number nine of. The Suncast, the official podcast of Somos Unidos News and your source for everything related to New Mexico United and the USL Championship. Thank you guys so much for being here. We've had a lot going on here recently on the stream. Of course, you guys know that we did hit affiliate. We are doing that. And so normally, like I said, we normally be streaming FIFA, but not tonight. Tonight we are doing podcasting. So hopefully you guys enjoy. We're doing this also so that you guys can pop into the chat, throw us your questions. We'll talk New Mexico United. We'll talk USL. We'll talk I mean basically whatever else you guys want to throw with us. So we've got the we've got this the, the the stream up. We've got the chat up. So guys throw us your questions. We want to hear from you. Um, And um, we're going to get into the show here in just a second. got a little bit more housekeeping that we have to get through. uh, On tonight's show, if you're not familiar with what happened this past weekend in the USL, New Mexico United defeated the OKC Energy FC by a final score of 3-0. Uh, we're going to talk that, of course. We're also going to look forward to this coming week's rivalry match. Uh, if you disagree with me there, please let me know. It is a rivalry match with Phoenix Rising FC. Uh, we, As we all know, that was, of course, moved from Albuquerque to Phoenix due to the travel restrictions we have here in the state. So we're going to dive down into that. We're going to talk everything. We're going to talk Santi. We're going to talk Phoenix. We're going to talk basically everything we can think of coming up for this week's match. And so, guys, of course, this is episode number nine of the Suncast. Uh, I do want to remind everyone about our written content first and foremost. Jacob and I do written content each and every week, uh, previewing and recapping every New Mexico United match. Um, we we'll, we'll typically get those out day, uh, uh, day, morning of matches and the night after, within hours after the match. So be sure to go check that out. That's over at dadventuresmedia.com slash Somos So that's over there. We also have a blog about our lives as dads. We do another podcast called the Dad Ventures Podcast. You can check that out um, as well as this one across basically every podcasting service that you can think of. If we're not on the podcasting service that you use, please let us know and we will get on there for you guys. And before we jump into the show, we do want to also plug... um, uh, an event that's coming up this Saturday for a good friend of ours, Josh Carrillo. He is uh you can find he used to be uh, on the podcast with me last year over at Seek and Strike. He is now part of alloyradio.com where he has his own, his own show it comes on Mondays and Saturday nights as the Riddler's killer rock show. Uh, again, that's over alloyradio.com uh, or alloyradionow.com I believe. And so this Saturday night, August 8th, he has a charity stream that he's going to be doing live on Twitch TV with Craig Mabbitt. Um, they're going to uh, do a, a, a live stream of Dead by Daylight, uh, and both both Josh and Craig are going to be raising money for mental health awareness. Uh, Josh, of course, here in... Uh, New Mexico in Albuquerque, and Craig Mab Craig over in uh, Phoenix or in the Arizona area. Um, so, guys, if you want more information on that, you can go to twitch.tv forward slash Craig Mabbitt, where you can find Josh on Instagram and TikTok. He is at the Riddler Seven X. Guys, I can't stress enough, and I'm sure Jacob will agree with me. Uh, I mean, this is a, this is a big deal for for us, and you know, mental health is a huge thing. Um, you know, not just now, but at any point in time, you know, mental health is, is so important that you t- it's important that you take care of yourselves, that you you discuss things, that you, you talk to people, that you get the help that you need. So that's what Josh and Craig want to do. And we want to help them bring awareness to this event that's coming up um, this weekend. So, again, Saturday night, I believe it's at 730 Mountain Time. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there, I think it's at 7.30 Mountain Time, Saturday night, August 8th, twitch.tv forward slash Craig Mabbitt. So guys, please check that out. Jacob, I'm going to bring you in, man. I've talked a lot already. I mean, how was your week? I know you were busy today. How has your week been? What was your initial reaction to the match Saturday night uh, over in OK over to OKC?
1: Well, since the last time we talked, it's been good. Uh, still just getting settled in here over in Fort Sumner and whatnot, but um, things are going good. Uh, I had a little situation with the dog that uh, you alluded to some with why I was busy today, but um, all in all, everything's going great. And uh, it definitely was uh, at the peak um, on Saturday evening uh, after that three nil win against Oklahoma city. Um, And what I thought was United's second, really, really, really good performance. Uh, I think I texted you right after that. It, I thought it could have been their most dominant performance, front to back, uh, in all aspects of the of the game, since uh, that I've seen. Period. Not just this year, but even last year. Uh, and we had some really good matches last year. Um, one of the ones that comes to mind is the five one victory over Real Monarchs here at home. Um, but I feel like this was was even more. I I, I always felt like this one was in control. Whereas that one, Santi kind of burst out with a hat trick really quickly and we were able to coast from there. But this one, from beginning to end, it was just just complete domination. I felt like I never felt like Oklahoma City had a chance, really. So we had talked about it a little bit last week that I felt like uh, that kind of match was coming. But I think optimistically was trying to say that it wasn't going to be this week, but it was going to be. Or last week, it was going to be this coming week against Phoenix, but um, I'll take both if we can. So, um, feeling really good. Long story short, it was a, it was a good win. Um, we needed it. And yeah, that's about it. All right. So, the dog's
0: doing okay. You got everyone's okay. I know I get nothing like serious or.
1: No, he dislocated his hip somehow. We, we can't figure out if he. If he got out and got hit, or I know that when he crawls under, when he digs and crawls under the fence, he you know sprawls those back legs out. And uh, the vet said it could have happened then, depending on how much pressure he was applying to get under the fence and whatever. Um, So he's they put him under yesterday morning, um, and we're gonna cut him open if they had to, but they were able to get it back in place without going cutting him open and. Now he's up here in a sling for two weeks, and I got to take him back. Um, but he's in good spirits. He was hopping around. He's probably too hyper for—I don't know where he's at now. Probably in the living room. Um, he's been too hyper for for his current condition. We're supposed to keep him limited and just walk him on a leash and this time and the other, and he just does whatever he wants. Still, so hopefully when I take him back in two weeks, they'll X-ray him and it'll still be in place and we can take the sling off and he can try to take it easy. So, uh, but he's fine. Everybody else is fine. We, um, just a lot of back and forth. I went to Riadoso. So what type of dog is he? He is a Jack Russell terrier mix. Um, okay. I, the I know that supposedly his mom is a Jack Russell terrier full braid but she was bred by a mutt. Um, So he's, he's medium sized, a little smaller than medium sized, I would say white and Brown. He's really cute dog. He just is a big baby uh, and is super needy sometimes, but I love him to death. Uh, I've had him since he was a puppy. So
0: Jack Russell's by nature are very hyper dogs. I remember uh, a cousin of mine had a Jack Russell and we were out uh, this was several years ago. We, he got a got a new new scope for his uh for his gun, and so we were out in their backyard. We were sighting the scope, you know, and unfortunately we were just shooting birdshot at the time. But the dog would would take off every time that we fired, and so there were quite a few times where we thought that we had hit the dog, you know, because uh, like at one point like he jumped up and he just laid on the ground like oh no what happened to this dog but like it was running back and forth like every time we pulled the trigger the dog would just take off you know 50 to 100 yards and he'd come back yeah he's doing this for you know 30 minutes to an hour just non-stop so yeah yeah, they they, it's 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 hard hyper breed yeah i know that's really hard to deal with like even ours like you know our uh or 40 pound lap dog, you know, or I'm sorry, she's not 40 pounds anymore. She's probably like 60 pounds right, right now, you know, 60 pound lap dog. She's super high problem, especially like when we come home. So mm-hmm. we're really working on her on that. You know, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta steady, you gotta slow down, you know, just sit and wait and you'll get attention. So mm-hmm. she doesn't quite get that yet, but yeah, it's, I know it's rough with dogs and it's, t- it's tough too, because like you get so attached to them and like, you know, like cats or something. You know, dogs because you can actually do things with them you can play yeah. and, interact with them and you get that interaction back you know so I, I think it's it's definitely hard anytime something like that happens to
1: a family pet. so so i guess there's been several things that have happened since the last time we talked but it covid and then um i'm not working at the moment so everything just kind of blends together but um since the last time we talked i did get a job um Congrats, I don't believe that's been on it. Uh, it'll be working for the city of Fort Sumner uh, in their water and wastewater department um, starting on Tuesday of next week. So um, I'm excited for that. Uh, and then uh, one of our cats had kittens. So I have five little kittens um, that were born last Thursday. Um, and then, of course, the thing with my dog. Um, I've been to Riadoso like four times, well, three times. Um, since we talked, cause I went on Wednesday and then I went on Saturday and then I went today. So, uh, it's been, it's actually been like nonstop since we talked, uh, but I, I had forgot about all that cause I got too excited about the actual match on Saturday and just wanted to talk about that. But yeah, we've had a lot going on now that I ever actually have stopped and thought about it, but. Um, the kittens are all good. The dog's good. I'm good now that I'm working while we'll be working again. Um, so yeah, cause it was, it was getting stressed, uh, pretty stressful. In fact, talking about, um, Josh's, uh, fundraiser that he's got going on. Um, I have years ago, um, I had a little bout with depression, um, which I think if everybody's honest with themselves, I think they're, you can almost always look at a time in your life where, it might've been for a month, might've been for a couple of weeks, might've been for a couple of years, might be the whole your whole life. Um, most people I think can pinpoint a time when they battled something. Um, and I told my wife before I got this job uh, early last week, I applied for, or I interviewed for it on Monday. Um, and before that I told her, I was like, I could tell that I was kind of slipping into something. That's not good. Cause I was, I had no energy. I was sleeping I wasn't sleeping in cause we have two little boys that require me to get up at seven every morning, but, um, uh, was taking naps and like lengthy naps and stuff like that. So I, I've been through it. I've battled it. So I kind of recognized it and did what I could to combat it before I actually got a job and stuff like that. And, uh, it's been nonstop since then. So I haven't had a chance to kind of take days off and sleep too much and, get those negative thoughts rolling in. So, so it's been good since then, but, uh, definitely was battling something there early last week, uh, into the week before that somewhere in there. Uh, so mental health is definitely an important thing that, um, kind of brought it back to your intro, uh, with Josh's thing. I, I love what he's doing and I think it is important and, uh, you just gotta kind of know what you're looking for and what the signs are. And, um, if you think you might be, battling something, you know, you can reach out to us, you can reach out to people you're really close to, um, uh, family members, loved ones, stuff like that. Um, but definitely don't just kind of try to sweep it under the rug and, and say that it's nothing because more often than not, it's something. And it might not necessarily mean you got to take meds for it or anything like that. It might just mean you need to talk about something. Like I talked to my wife about the stress of not having a job and, um, funds that we had saved up kind of getting low and trying to crunch numbers and see what's going on because I I wasn't expecting when we moved here on July 11th um, that my first paycheck for a new job wasn't going to be till August 24th, which is what we're looking at now. Um, so, so it, uh, it can, life can get stressful, life can get hard and uh, um, sometimes you just need to talk about stuff and get it out there in the open. So um, definitely tune into Josh's thing tomorrow or Saturday and um, reach out if you have any questions or concerns, or if you're just not quite feeling yourself, uh, reach out to somebody, whether it's me and Seth or somebody else, just, uh, don't let it go unnoticed.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, things everyone has, everyone has, has times where things do get harder for them. It's, you know, how do you, how do you handle that? You know, how do you let it, uh, get do you like, get to the point where you are you know sleeping all day or doing things that are detrimental to your own health, you whether it's mentally or physically, um, and and that's awesome that you're back to work. Um, I know that you know when, you, when there is money coming in that it makes a, a huge difference, you know, and, and like your your security and your and your in how you feel about your ability to provide for your family. Like I definitely do that. and um, you know I don't know if we actually talked about it, but Aaron's been out of a job for the past month. Yeah. Um, so she actually just started a, a new job this week as well. Um, so yeah, we we basically went uh, without two paychecks of hers, maybe three paychecks of hers. So yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's de- it's a definite stressor, and it can lead you down like some some really like darker path, like if, if you let it. Um, so yeah, you're talking about it and letting and. And uh, really, just expressing what you're dealing with, talk just talking to somebody about it, is a huge makes a huge difference. You know, um, like even through the, with ours, like I've tried to, you know, to try to express you know the way that I've felt about it more than you know than I typically have in the past, and I think I think Aaron's appreciated it. So. Um, but, yeah, just, yeah, like 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 Jacob said, find somebody to talk to. Like, we're here. You know, we'll, we of course, you know, you know, I'm on Twitter. The, you guys here in the channel. You know that I'm here on Twitter. Jacob's on Facebook. You know, you can email us. I mean, we'll give it all this stuff, you know, at the end of the show. Um, but, yeah, you know, even if you just need someone to – if you just need to vent, you know, just type it all out, send it over, you know, we'll look at it and say, you know, got, we may not be able to give you exact advice or anything like that. But we will certainly listen. You know, we can be a sounding board for you guys if, if there is something there or, you know, if it's something that we have had experience with, you know, we will probably, you know, we'll try to talk to you and let you know, hey, you know, we've been there, we've been through this, you know, and we'll keep, you know, we'll, we'll talk with you guys and help anybody that, that, that feels like they, that feels comfortable enough coming to us with whatever issue they're, they're, they're dealing with. So, um, you know, fair with Jacob, neither Jacob or I are counselors, we're not licensed professional counselors, we're not mental health professionals at all but like we can be a sounding board you know we we want to be you know part of the community we want you know you guys to feel like you know your family your friends with us and you can you can share you can talk to us about stuff so um definitely reach out find some help somewhere if you're if you're suffering so um all right we got good news though we do have good new mexico united one three nil on the road at okc energy fc Jacob, I, absolutely incredible, incredible night. You know, you watched it live. I watched it. I listened to it on the, on the, the local call here on the station while I was out working. Um, got to watch it after I got home once. So you actually saw the run of play. Got to look at uslchampionship.com, see the stats, see the way the game played out. Um, and yeah, it, it's the stat line's a little bit misleading. So United surrendered nearly 65% of the possession right around 65% of the possession, but we managed to win 3-0. Now, a lot of people will say, that's oh, that's not a dominating performance. United got lucky. They only had a few shots, whatever. No, it was like United controlled the pace of play from beginning to end, essentially. Um, we, we talked about it last week. We knew what L, we knew. What, um, OKC wanted to do. We know they like to the play possession, like to build out of the back. And United pressed and disrupted what they wanted to do I mean, despite the fact that that OKC had twice as many passes, basically, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, what was your thought like looking at that stat right there? Like, do you think that that do you, really, do you think people found that misleading or do you think it really played out the way we wanted it to?
1: I think if you're some people, uh, USL show uh, in particular, and you're just looking at stats, uh, yeah, you might find that um, find that a little bit un- or a little bit lucky, a little bit whatever you want to call it. Uh, But like you said, there's, it never felt like United wasn't in control. And I actually wrote, um, I I wrote a recap the night of, I don't think I posted it. So I will get on that as soon as we're done here. But uh, in that recap, I wrote that there's a difference between possession and control. Um, You can have like in this match, 65% of the possession, but very, very little control. And there was, Not a point in the match where I thought Oklahoma City threatened uh, and had me worried and had the guys back on their heels. Um, They got a couple shots off. uh, Cody made some saves. uh, Nothing super spectacular like against El Paso um, last week, but he had a couple saves here and there. uh, But even then, they were were easy saves. They weren't um, nothing nothing to scare anybody in. And if you watch the match uh, and don't just look at the stats, then, then you realize that New Mexico United just controlled the whole thing. Um, it, it really wasn't, uh, in doubt from, for me, from the final or from the first whistle, it was, I never felt like it. One thing that I did kind of notice that we sw- we did press, but we didn't press as high, um, we started off the match with the high press, like we normally do uh, just attacking um, as far up the field as we can. But then we kind of dropped back about the 20 minute, twentieth minute or so. I felt, I feel like that's right. We dropped back to just, just our side of, or just their side of, of midfield um, towards like a three quarter field um, in basketball, we would call it a three quarter court press. Um, and it was, it was interesting that they did that. And, and it kind of, I think it kind of got Oklahoma city off guard a little bit, but it did allow Oklahoma city to pass back and forth in the way back, um, with their goalie and their center backs. And uh, I just, their possession was empty. That's all, it, that's all it was is, um, just empty possession, kicking it back and forth. Not really, uh, not really threatening, uh, a whole, whole lot. So, um, I was super happy with how the match turned out and we'll get into some details of it uh, here pretty soon. But um, just as far as that particular stat, when it comes to possession, um, I, it, it was nothing. It really was nothing.
0: You know, I I don't know. I didn't listen to, I haven't listened to USL show yet this week. Um, And normally, those guys are pretty good with their content, you know, for all credit to them. They're typically pretty good. Now, I don't know if they mentioned it, but in the match Saturday night, OKC had one shot the entire first half. One shot in 45 minutes, and it wasn't even on target. So, yes, United gave up possession more so in the second half than the first. Like the first half was more along the lines like 55 45. 45. Um, unfortunately, USLChampionship.com is not great at stats for whatever reason this year. Um, I think they've got something going on in the background that they're trying to trying to sort out. Maybe a new host or something. Like I, I found, I tried clicking on a match center the other day, and it took me to like some like NBC Sports website. They really? need like a, uh. a login to do. And um, yeah, it like it's like you have to be like a, a web person for like NBC Sports or USL Championship in order to even get into it. So you know, kind of like a, you know, I write for 1017, the team here in town, and they have their own separate like login portal to be able to edit their website so um yeah it was really weird like it was like misdirecting or something redirecting to like an nbc sports kind of login page um but yeah like their their match stats are not great like it, it's so hard to go back and look at match stats um you can't like access the rosters from like every screen like we could last year like if you look at the the match center you can't click on the the rosters Because it'll just take you like a 404 file not found, or there's just not a link there. So I don't know what's going on with their website, but yeah, it was yeah. OKC had one shot in the first half. Now they did have nine in the second. Now, but if you look at the if you look at the if you look at the the map, basically they have they have a map feature at the bottom. Their shots came in clusters. So they had like two or three within the first like 10 minutes of the second half. Then they had another two or three within the first and then like the 65th to like the 75th, somewhere there. And then they had another three or four, whatever it was, within like the last 10 minutes of the match. So, I mean, okay, see so was pressing. They were trying to get their shots in. But, I mean, if you go back and look at it, I think they only had like six on target or something like that. So it's not like even once they had those shots – it's not like they were really, you know, threatening Cody, you know. So I mean, yeah, you, you know, you got, people can talk about stats and all that kind of stuff and possession and 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 whatever. And there's just that's not all there is to it. That's not. I mean, you have to look at, like you said, you have to look at how the match is being played out. And you know, yeah, United gave up possession, but at the same time, we prevented them from shooting. OKC did not play the match that they wanted to play. They were not able to play to their game plan. And United just manhandled them, basically. You're muted. OK, I'm back. There we go. (laughs) Live show, guys. Stuff happens.
1: (laughs) So so they only had four shots on target. We had five. Um they had ten shots, we had ten shots. Um it but when you look at like you said, uh one in the first half and then the rest came in the second half when we were already up two nil. Um and they were having to push and push and push to try to get back into the match. And um it just it doesn't the stats, and one thing that I've, so I'm I'm fairly new to soccer as far as last year was my first year really digging into it, but one thing that um, you'll learn about me if you uh, get to know me even just the slightest bit, uh, when I get into something, I get into something, and I dive deep into it, and I learn as much as I can. Um, and one thing that I've learned with soccer is that the stats don't do a great job um, of telling the whole picture um you can look at possession you can look at success rates on duels and shots on goal and all this stuff and unless you actually watch the match it's really hard to tell how a match plays out uh even looking at the heat map down at the bottom and everything like that it just it's, it's really really hard to tell so um it's important that we watch these games and and um, actually go over what we we're seeing and not seeing actually on the pitch and not just in the stat sheet here. Um, of course, that's you can use stats to justify or verify things here and there. Like you can look at the fact that Weehan has scored four goals in the last four matches and say he's playing really well right now. <laughs> I don't think you need uh, to actually watch him play to know that he's playing really well if he scored four times in four matches. Um, But especially with a match like this, you look at the score three nil you feel like that's pretty dominant. You look at the stats kind of makes the picture a little gray, a little fuzzy. Uh, But if you watch the match uh, it's crystal clear that United was by far the better team here. Uh, They haven't lost since the restart still uh three wins and a draw, continue to score uh, I think their goal differential now um since the restart is gonna be plus four or plus five, I mean, um, through four matches, which is um which is really good. Uh right, there's they're leading group C still, they were leading going into today or into this match. They just kind of extended that. El Paso lost to Phoenix. So I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I don't know who I was supposed to root for there. But uh, as far as Group C is concerned, it helps us out because Phoenix stays on five points through five matches. I uh, think we were supposed uh, to uh,
0: cheer for something to naturally happen <laughs> and just... neither team get a result. I think that's what we were supposed to cheer for.
1: Yeah, I, I felt bad doing that. Um, to be honest, I kind of wanted Phoenix to win. Um for a couple of reasons. One, um, El Paso's in our group. Any points that they get are not good. Uh, two, I didn't want El Paso to come in on a two game losing streak when we play them uh, because i El- or Phoenix, did I say El Paso? I didn't want Phoenix to be on a two game losing streak when we play them on the eighth coming up this weekend um, because they are as much as I hate to say it are a really good team. Um, they are they were the best in the USL during the regular season last year. Uh, They were projected to be the best this year. Um, And they have enough talent on that squad where I could not see them losing three in a row. So they kind of got off the schneid and got the three, one win against El Paso. Uh, So that'll, that to me means that they're beatable again uh, on the eighth when we play them. But that's just my way of looking at things.
0: Yeah, we've got a, we've got a comment in the chat here. It says, stats from uh, Antoine, who's a, one of the participants in the EUSL championship uh, tournament that we have going on. Uh, it says, stats can be super misleading. It doesn't take into the consideration the style of football that is played, the efficiencies, and how the game really develops. That's absolutely right. I mean... Uh, yeah, he says especially true of possession percentage. Absolutely, I mean, you know, you look at again. We we talk about this weekend's match. I mean, United with was that thirty four percent of possession, and yet we had ten shots, five on target, three of which we converted into goals. Uh, OKC again ten shots, four on target, no conversions, and so. You know, United just soaked up all that pressure and allowed OKC to basically just beat themselves. Because if you look at the number of times that United um, stepped in and you know took the ball away or made an interception or or stopped the run of play, and then pushed the ball back up to the other end, other end of the pitch, like it's just night and day the way these two teams played. And now OKC, I think United kind of had a, had the advantage coming in. To where they had just played El Paso two weeks in a row for, and who, who played the exact same style of football, you know, and so they they see that possession that build out of the back, and so United knew what to expect. Now, I, honestly, I don't think New Mexico United is actually surprising anybody at this point anymore, but this is three three weeks in a row now, and really you can even look at the Colorado Springs match, where United's press has caused a lot of issues for their oppo- these opposing clubs, and so yeah, it's. Yeah, Antoine, you're absolutely right. Like, and you know, we've been talking about it, you know, here for the last five, ten minutes now. Like, stats are weird, and like, USL show love you guys, but you know, you got to look at how the match is being played. Now, I know you, Jacob, you and I are guilty of it. We don't necessarily get to watch every single match that's out there. Now, I don't know how many matches the guys over at USL show get to watch either, but you know, for guys like that, or even like, any you know, uh, Kelsey Steele, we love Kelsey, you know, like, well, what, are, what are they not seeing in the way that United's playing right now? I mean, we've won three of four since the restart. We're averaging two plus goals per match. And we're just, we're, we're imposing our will, especially with that high press. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what folks are, are, are seeing or not seeing just in terms of what matches they're watching or if they are able to watch each match, you know,
1: what, where are they differing in their opinions? It's, it's hard to say. Um, I mean, like you said, uh, it's hard to watch every match, um, all the time, especially like the USL show guys, you know, they're watching the East Coast and the West Coast games and, um, you know, they're not going to see everything. So I, I understand that, uh, to an extent. Uh, and for those of you that don't listen to the USL show, one, you should, um, a uh, great group of guys Our our own uh, curse leader. David Carl is on the show every once in a while. Um, and they usually have really good insight and they kind of have enough voices that everywhere is kind of represented. Um, but the last episode that I listened to that came out, they were talking about the top 10 um, sides for since the restart. Uh, and I turned it on, started listening to it. It was expecting us to be, you know, the USL website has us in the power rankings at seven. I figured that's about where we would be, you know, maybe maybe a touch higher, maybe eight. Um, and they had us at 10. And it was more some of the comments that were made about uh, how they haven't done anything um, since the restart. Well you go three and one or three0 oh, and one. Um, you beat El Paso, a team that was in the Western Conference final last year. Um, you beat them once pretty handily and you draw them again, both of them in Phoenix or in El Paso, uh, you destroy Oklahoma city on the road. Um, it just seems to me like we've done something. Uh, we're one of five teams that hasn't lost since the restart. Um,
0: yeah, exactly. And- I think it's something that, that folks aren't taking into consideration. I mean, n- number one, United has not played a home match yet. And it's looking more and more likely that we're not going to play a home match at all this season. I mean, nothing's been said about next weekend's supposed home opener against Colorado. I don't think that's happening. I honestly don't. And, I mean, Colorado is a much improved side from last season. I mean, we've seen it. I mean, anyway's that's watched Colorado we can say, oh, yes, they're just by the eye test. Colorado is better than they were last season, without a doubt um el paso you know we've had we've all every match that we played with them has been fairly close so it's no surprise that we would go down there now of course el paso has not beaten us yet much like phoenix rising you know two clubs from playoffs last year that have not beaten united and so we go down to el paso which is essentially becoming home away from home at this point point. and you know we get it we get a 2-2 draw we get a 2-1 win up to to, feet, up to OKC three 0 again. Now, admittedly, OKC was not in the playoffs last season. They finished the season terribly last year. I think it was like eight or eight or twelve matches, something like that in a row, where they did not win a match. And so, the, otherwise, they, they probably would have been in the playoffs. But yeah, it's just I mean, these are quality sides that we're facing this year, and we still haven't. I mean, yes, we haven't faced Salt Lake yet, but I mean, this group you've got three clubs that were in the playoffs last season we've shown that we can beat two of them already quite handily i might add and colorado yes they're improved but they're not quite on the same level i honestly we've talked about i think colorado's going to come out of the group the way that they've been playing just from looking at them you know looking at the way that they played i think they will but yeah it's just you know we talked about last year do power rankings really matter ultimately no power rankings don't matter it's an objective or a, a purely uh objective way of looking at it now yeah. of course we do have our bias we are pro New Mexico United we feel New Mexico United should be more respected in these you know whether it's USL show USL championship.com steal sometime whatever the case may be um like I honestly I even take exception to uh, 538s predictions you know because they do predictions on, on USl matches as well right and now, a lot of that does come down, you know, they, they say that, you know, it's history, things like United didn't have history. Um, I haven't looked at whether they've yeah. got anything going on now. But, yeah, like it's it's all purely you know, subjective, basically. I mean, I would hope that USLChampionship.com is a little bit more objective than some of the others that do it. But, yeah, you, you cannot say that United has not done anything. I mean, we were talking before the show, you said that, one of these shows made the comment that the worst case scenario they had was they drew with El Paso. Our worst showing since the restart is we drew with El Paso. So yeah. how can you say that yeah, yeah. One, the, the two similar things are not on the same level?
1: And, it, and it, that's where, so you, the USL championship website has us in their power rankings at seven. Um, and looking at the teams above us, I can't really argue with that. Uh, San Antonio, Phoenix, Orange County um, are the Western Conference teams that are above us, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's fair. They've all played really well since the restart. Um, whatever, uh, I can't really complain, and I don't know the East well enough to really complain about anybody in the East. So, I I can understand those teams. Uh, the USL show had Reno above us. Um, who else was above us? Uh, Birmingham, which is in a, uh, a a Western Conference team, but it, and to me, it's more if it's obvious that you're not watching us, um, I don't know how we can take you seriously um, when you're ranking teams, if you're obviously not watching teams, but um, I'm still going to continue to listen to the USO show. I'm still going to continue to support them. Um, uh, it's It's what got me introduced to the USL um, last year, before the season started, and stuff like that, it's just um, I just get tired of New Mexico, anything in New Mexico getting overlooked um, and and kind of looked down on. So uh, it it ruffled my feathers a little bit. But um, what we what's not subjective or objective objective I don't know um, what's not opinion based is the standings. And you look at Group C, New Mexico United on top, five games played. 10 points. Um, They lead the group by, they lead the second place team by five points, which is El Paso who has also played five matches. Um, Colorado Springs and Real Monarchs both are sitting on four points and only played four matches. But even if they both win their next match, they're still three points behind us in the same amount of games. So we have a pretty commanding lead already um, that we're hoping to build on. I'm not, I'm not going to worry too much about what other people say. I was a little a little frustrated this uh, earlier today when I was listening to it, but um, you can't, as people that watch the matches, it's, you know how we're playing, and you know that it's it's a lot better than what they're saying. So um, it's basically, like, you look at this last match. Um, we had, like I said earlier, fourth goal in four games. Uh, the dude is playing just out of his mind. He had an assist. Um, I, I can't remember if it was this match. No, I don't think it was this match. He had, no, I couldn't have been this match because he assisted on the Moreno goal and he scored the other goal and then he was out of the match for the third goal, but he's had some hockey assists, uh, throughout the season, which, um, for those of you that don't know what a hockey assist is, it's the pass that leads to the pass that leads to the goal, which isn't an official stat in soccer, but, Um, I like to look at it anyways and try to keep track of those as much as I can. Um, The dude is just playing phenomenal soccer, and I picked him as my MVP before the season, and uh, I'm not going to change that now, that's for sure. And then we had two new guys get on the score sheet. Um, Amando Moreno, who had been knocking on the door all year, finally breaks through. taking one off of his chest and directing it in goal off of a hand cross um or Wehan yeah Wehan it, it was it was both of the Wehan and Moreno goals early or in the first half were just spectacular team soccer it was just incredible the Moreno goal um started off of a throw in i think from the time the throw in happened until we scored eight people eight different united players touched the ball um it kind of got ignited with Kalen Ryden uh, putting a long ball, a long diagonal ball over to Daniel Bruce, who lost control a little bit, got it over to Wehan, Wehan back to Bruce, um, Parks who played up top uh, for Sandoval looked phenomenal up top. Um, I don't think he should ever play a game on the wing again, uh, <laughs> but he he just he held the ball up great in this particular sequence. Uh, Bruce passed it to him as he was running across the top of the box and one touch to Weehan, who had this little diagonal run between two defenders perfectly uh, quick cross Moreno beat his guy, uh, just a beautiful, beautiful team goal. Uh, we all loved Salil Muhammad's goal against Colorado Springs. That was just an absolute stunner from well outside the box on the volley um, is beautiful. It was beautiful. And you can't take that away from probably going to win or in my opinion, should win goal of the year with these kind of plays that everybody touches the ball and everybody makes smart touches and gets into dangerous positions and makes good runs and stuff like that. Like those are the goals that are more sustainable and can lead to better offense throughout the year. And that's what we're seeing with this team right now, both on the Moreno and the Wehan goal, uh, just people making smart runs, getting into dangerous spots, passes being on point, um, The Weehan goal was across from Bruce after a little hold-up play from Parks and then a little slip pass to Bruce as he snuck inside the box. And then Bruce perfectly placed to the back post where Weehan was wide open because apparently the guy scored three matches in a row. You're not going to keep an eye on him. Uh, Come on, Oklahoma City. But um, we're just seeing beautiful soccer on both ends of the ball, even with injuries on the back line. I was just so impressed with this. And then uh, Joris from France uh, gets in the on the sheet uh, in the in stoppage time there in the second half where he took a free kick. Honestly, the first the first free kick, it was either terrible or it was brilliant. I don't know. I don't know what he was going for there, but uh, it bounced right back to him and he put it on target again, snuck it through the wall into the bottom corner. Uh, We're just seeing it's, it's amazing. I don't, there's so many things to talk about from this match that actually happened on the field. I don't even know. I don't, I don't know what I've talked about already. I don't know what I should talk about next. So I'm gonna let you pick something to talk about because I feel like I'm all over <laughs> the
0: place. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, from start to finish, you know, again, it was just a, a very, very dominating performance from, from United. Um, we've talked about, you, you mentioned the goals. I mean, yeah. Obviously. How do you leave? We had that, that open. I mean, I that's beyond me. Um, four and four, four goals and four matches. I think he also has two assists in in that time frame. Um, Just one. He's been named, just one. Okay. He's yeah. Been named, I, I
1: thought he had two as well, but
0: no. He got team of the week this, this week. He's been mentioned, honorable mentioned twice in the past four weeks as well. Um, so yeah, I like it's just, he's, he's absolutely on fire. We, we talked about him beginning of the season, you know, who's going to step up, fill in the goals that are the goal, basically gap from when um from the from the from the losses of santi and kevon and so i mean right now i mean dev and, and bees are just absolutely picking it up um and we mentioned Romeo. We about it. Okay. sorry
1: we talked about bees a little bit we talked about bees a little bit last week uh bees and dev and josh was saying how he was semi skeptical of of them being able to keep performing like that when people start keen in on them and, and if you watch what we does it's just so repeatable and so he just makes smart runs that, you know, it doesn't matter how you're playing defense against him. He can read it and make a smart run, um, make a smart pass. He just, he's playing on such a cerebral level that um, I don't think you're going to be able to stop him. I just, he, he's been so impressive so far this year and I couldn't be happier for him and the team and, and having him come out like that. Um, but as you were mentioning, you were about to talk about parks. So we can go there. I just want to yeah. get that real.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we saw it last year with the bees. He's so cerebral on the on the pitch. He he's got good vision. He's got good finishing, and like he really came on towards the middle end of last season. And it's he's he hasn't even seemed to lose a step, you know, after the break here. Um, yeah, Romeo Parks. Like he, the time that he spent on the pitch so far this year has he's been he's been very productive um he's you know played himself into it he's he's looked really good and he 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 had a few chances on saturday that i feel like um with a little bit more confidence he would have finished um but yeah no i was i really thought he was gonna get on the sheet saturday Uh, i really had
1: that he had that one where he he got the ball in the box and like split two defenders and then sidestepped the goalie and had an open net, he just couldn't get that last touch on it for whatever reason, and um, you, you saw that, and then he had the, right there at the beginning of the match where he, a beautiful ball over the top to him, and it was he, he was behind the defense and just him and the goalie again, and he just couldn't get that, that last touch, and we saw the same thing with Moreno the last couple of matches as well where he had plenty of chances, just couldn't quite, get that finish and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Parks break through like Moreno and, and give us uh give us a goal in the next match or two and and I I, I hope he does. I hope he does because he deserves it the way he's been playing lately.
0: Yeah, I think guys like Parks and you know Moreno and even like Brucey, once they get the time on the pitch, once the, I think once they get that first goal of the season, I think um I think we'll just start seeing like a flood of them. Now, as far as Brucey goes, uh, it wasn't necessarily his his best game that we've had that we seen from Brucey, um, but he played he played well enough. He got the he got the assist. Um, he got again a hockey assist. You know, like you mentioned, um, so he he's played decently well. Um, I, I don't think we'll see quite as many scoring chances for for Bruce this year. I think um, with the style of play that we have, with the number of injuries that we've had, I think we're gonna see you know Brucey just more. Um, more out wide and not necessarily playing, you know, making runs towards uh, the middle of the box uh, quite as much. So I think for him, you know, we may not see as many chances. I mean, he'll definitely probably still get, you know, a couple goals here. Um, I would expect him to at least match or if not improve upon his goal total from last season. Um, But yes, it's it's great to see Moreno get on, get on the sheet. It's great to see uh, Joris uh, get on the sheet as well. Um, I know that, you know, those guys coming in, in the off season are going to make a huge, huge impact on on the club. So
1: um, I think in the coming
0: weeks, we're definitely going to see more from them.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Bruce because he, I don't think he's had like a spectacular moment um, or series of events um, at all this season, but he's just come in. He came into the game. uh, How was it? Was it the first one against Colorado Springs when Najem got hurt? I think it had to be. He came in, and he played, came right in, came in and played right back there. Came in, played right back there. Then he came in to both the El Paso matches and played winger. Um, and he, you're right, he hasn't. We haven't seen the scoring opportunities that we did last year so far. Um, which I, I think he had. How many goals did he have last year? Do you remember off the top of your head? I know he had that um, banger against Sacramento, and then I know he two, had at least one more. Yeah, I think he just had the two. So I, it, it was never really part of his game last year. Um, so I think he'll he'll get to that um, this year at least. But he's to me he's been very impressive just the way he's come in. He's handled his business, uh, getting called on to do different things and play different styles. And um, you can see him every once in a while. He's still got that burst of energy, that burst of speed that we we grew to love last year, having him come off the bench. And um, I I think he's probably been one of our most underrated players. Um, on the offensive side of the ball anyways, because he has just done all the little things that, um, that you don't necessarily catch off right off the hand, uh, right off the top and he, they don't stop in, show up in the stat sheet. Um, but he's just been solid and he's been, um, way more versatile than I think, or than I think he, that I thought he could have been. Um, when he came in to play right back against Colorado Springs, I was like, "This, I don't think this is going to end well for us. And he held his own. Um, so so I, the goals haven't been there. The assist came finally um, this past week. But I, I do think um, he has played very, very, very well, uh, given what we're asking him to do. Um, another gentleman that had a heck of a game on Saturday, that has been playing very well is Andrew Tanari playing a defensive holding mid, whatever you want to call it. Um, He's just been, he's, he's won the ball back several times. Um, He's making good passes, good decisions, uh, playing his heart out. He's a little guy uh, from what it looks like out there, but he just, he gets after it and, and he's been a very big part of that press and being able to, um, take advantage of wayward passes that are caused by that press and stuff like that. And, and I'm, I'm really happy with that, with that acquisition and the Moreno acquisition and the parks acquisition. And Jory's got in there last, um, last match scored his first professional goal and the smile that he had on his face for that. Um, The new guys, man, they're just stepping up and they're playing really well. And that's good because, you know, a lot of the older guys, we've got a lot of the guys from last year are injured and, and uh, having a hard time right now. So we needed the new guys to step up in a big way. Uh, We did see uh, Tete finally on the field. Um, He came in as a second-half sub and looked like a stud, like he was last year. So I'm hoping he gets back to full health and we can get him uh, as great as Raiden and uh, Saleem Muhammad have been back there as center backs the last two games. Um, Tete, I thought, was just an absolute beast last year. Um, and if he can get back to that at all, um, he will be a a huge, huge addition to that back line. So I'm hoping he can start or at least play, uh, quite a bit against Phoenix or this coming week. But, um, there's so many things that I, I, like I pointed out earlier about this match against Oklahoma city that I just loved. Uh, was there anything that you didn't like? Was there anything that, that, um, you were concerned about or. Anywhere where you thought we could improve, because I I'm struggling to think of one, but I could just be on a high from from the three point victory. Uh, well, first first thing
0: uh, you mentioned, Andrew Snari looked a little bit small. He is five foot six, according to the, to the official roster. So he he is a tiny guy. Um, honestly, he's shorter than I am. So um, cool, wow. yeah, I, you know me sitting at you know five nine or whatever I am, you know I'm not tall by any stretch of the imagination. So Andrew Tanari, five foot six, you know, banging in there against some of the big guys that OKC has, um, you know, all the credit in the world to, to Andrew for that. So, um, no, I mean, there really, yeah, there really wasn't any like huge negative. I mean, we, we, get, we you know, we prevented them from getting chances on goal. We prevented, um, I, again, you know, one shot in the entire first half. Um, we didn't let them play their style of, of football. We didn't let them, you know, break down our back line. Um, and, and you mentioned that there's one word that you that you mentioned a, a, few, a little bit ago that I think is going to be the absolute key to this season. It's versatile. Versatility. Th- this club has so much versatility in it. Um, we saw some of it last season with guys like uh, guys like Sam dropping back and playing center back when necessary. You know, now you know, Sam is playing center back again. We've got Brucey playing right back. We've got guys – Sliding in and out of the lineup, you know, Josh Suggs. This is something else that I mentioned it in, 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 in my recap for 117 the team the other day is that Josh Suggs basically played as a left winger on Saturday or a left yeah, mid. He was, he was somewhere that in, in that area. Like, if you look at his average position for the match, it was at or beyond m- midfield. So, I mean, There's so much versatility in what these guys can do. I mean, last year we saw, you know, Josh and um, Salih basically playing as inverted, inverted uh, center backs. And so, you know, they'd make that, that run and go out to the outside. But I mean, Saturday, Josh basically played the entire way, played up the wing the entire time. And a lot of times uh, you'd see him and him and Salih both up there, you know, trying to play the ball
1: forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, talking about Sully playing center back this year, Sam bouncing back and forth between midfielder and center back, um, Suggs, who Fronton's purposes is a, is a is a left back, but he bombs up there just every time uh, we get it going. So yeah, there's there's a lot of versatility and a lot of sacrifice, and because like like you look at Brucey, and it was only for one match, yes, but he doesn't want to play right back. I doubt he, he wants to be attacking like he does, like he did well last year. He, that's what he wants to do. That's what he's, but he sacrificed that for one match and said, yeah, you know, we're in a pickle. Uh, we need to right back. I'll, I'll go in let's do it. And he, I wouldn't say it an outstanding job or a phenomenal job, but he held his own, um, and, yeah, I really
0: get, look at Brucey compared to the other guys, you know, on the back line. I mean, Brucey, Brucey, as well as five foot six, and look at the other yeah, defenders. I mean, I mean, I mean, David, you know, uh, David, that Najim is the shortest guy in, in our back line, or shortest guy he listed as a defender. You know, at five foot nine. You know, you've got everyone else, you know, six foot or taller, and so Brucey being back there playing, you know, playing right back against some of these guys. You know, it, it's kind of funny seeing the the physical, the very physical mismatch. Um, Going on like between you know Tanari and Brucey and some of the other guys and you know I mean I think Brucey definitely takes takes advantage of it at times like you saw the he drew the penalty a couple of weeks ago, yeah. Um he definitely took advantage of that size mismatch mismatch and you know his speed and his ability to to, to change direction. And so, you know, again, it's just, yeah, you know, this club, the guys on this club are so versatile. Like, we've got Amondo who can play up top, Parks that can play up top, and Bees can play up top as well. Um, he's not, not necessarily like a true 10, you know, not a, a true mm-hmm. sucker. He's more like a, a nine or, oh, well, not, I'm sorry, not a nine. He's more of like a 10, dropping yeah. back and, you know, doing that. And so these guys can fly anywhere. I mean, we, we've seen Juan Pablo drop back. We've seen, you know, it's just incredible. And I think that that's going to be, the biggest factor for us going forward the rest of the season is these guys that can slot into so many different positions, especially when we've got the injuries like we do to, you know, I mean, Devin was out the other day and you know, we've got uh, Justin out. We've got um, De- David out. We've got, you know, we've got all these guys out on injury. I mean, Saturday night Troy used all five of his subs. And the only person left on the bench was uh, Phillip. Uh-huh. You know, so, so it was a little strange to not see, you know, a full, full compliment on the bench, but we've got injuries like the way that we do, you know, guys, it's it's a next man up mentality. And so far everyone has stepped up to the plate. Everyone has knocked out the park and you see that in the
1: results since the break. Yeah. I mean, had you asked me um, before the season, not just the restart, but the season started back in March, you know, we're going to have a match where we have Daniel Bruce at right back. We're going to have two matches where we have slow Muhammad at center back. Um, we're not going to have, there's going to be two matches where we don't, or a match at least where we don't have Sam, Justin, Tete, Najem or Suggs. Um, how do you think it's going to go? And I'd be like, eh, probably not good. Cause our defense wasn't spectacular last year. Anyways, with half of those guys, um, so, just be sitting where we're sitting, with a back line that has missed Schmidt, Tete, Suggs, Hamilton, Najem, Manny's gone. Um, you know, that's that's six guys that are normally our defensive players, match in match out that haven't been playing, um, and yet we're still sitting on ten points through five matches. Uh, leading the group by five points um, and playing awesome soccer and have a shutout and a clean sheet. Um, You know, I would, I would have never believed that had you told me that that was going to be the case even a month ago. Um, And it just speaks to the team aspect that uh, everybody has bought in and, and I love to see it. It's, it's awesome to see and awesome to watch and, And I hope that it just means when we do get those players back, we'll be even stronger and more competitive. And, you know, if we have two of those players back against Phoenix, which we're about to talk about uh, because they're our next match coming up in a couple days or a few days, um, that'll be huge um, if we can have that depth because uh, to take nothing away from Oklahoma City or El Paso, you know, they're not Phoenix's attack. So we were able to get by with that. For those guys, um, I don't necessarily want to see if we can get by at Phoenix with it. But um, I, I, I thought of one thing real quick that we can definitely kind of improve on um, from the last couple of matches, and we got to stop giving up penalties. I don't care that they're particularly soft penalties and sh- maybe shouldn't have been called in the first place. Um, we can't be putting ourselves in that position to give up a penalty. And for those of you that didn't watch the match, you might be looking at the three nil scoreline going, what are you talking about? Well, we did give up a penalty. It was early in the second half when it was still two nil and not three nil. That could have very well turned this into another El Paso match uh, where we're sweating it out at the end. Uh, But we finally got some luck and some good karma from the penalty gods. And I can't remember who it was Gomez. I believe it was. Um, Garcia. Thank you. Okay. Anyways, he missed it finally. We get somebody that misses a PK. Um, because it seems like we give up soft penalties all the time, even dating back to last year, and we never catch a break with it being a miss or Cody stopping it or anything like that. So, um, I'm happy that he missed, I'm happy that we got some of that good luck, but we just need to stop putting ourselves in position to even give up a ticky tack penalty like that. So um, that is one thing that we definitely need to work on. And going in uh, to this Phoenix match, uh, you know, Phoenix falling, Phoenix flopping, whatever you want to call them, um, Solomon Asante himself, the master of the dive in the penalty area, um, you know, we they scored two penalties on us in the first match last year. Uh, Yeah, two penalties on us in the first match last year in Phoenix when it was a 3-3 draw. Um, They didn't score a penalty on us here, and I don't believe they scored a penalty in the Open Cup, but that's what they do. They draw penalties. Um, So that'll be something that we definitely need to be keeping an eye on uh, coming up this week. And so I hated to see it last week, but that just goes to hopefully we have players back there that are a little more... um, in tune and, and uh, can not do that. Uh, that'd be nice. Uh, yeah, you got anything there, else
0: on Oklahoma City or was it? Uh, so the, 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 the penalty miss was by Jaime Chavez, so we were both wrong. So um, but yeah, I, th- I think we've uh, we, we, I think we've pretty well covered uh, the OKC match from last weekend. I mean, we got to get into the big one. You mentioned it. Phoenix Rising FC, Saturday night, August 8th. This match was supposed to be originally here in Albuquerque, but due to current travel restrictions, we are no longer able to host matches, at least uh, not for the foreseeable future. So the match was, was of course, moved out to Phoenix, uh, where United will get to take on Phoenix Rising FC, as we mentioned, and former United midfielder uh, Santi Moar. Now, Santi did just ser- serve a one-match suspension for a red card uh, the prior week. So Santi will be back. And f- by and large, the Phoenix Rising uh, roster is unchanged from last season. I mean, you've got Calistri back. You've got Junior Flemings back. You've got uh, Solomon Asante back. You've got, uh, I think, Barnby was somewhere else this year. Yeah, yeah.
1: Barnby was with... Um uh Saint Louis or Seattle or <laughs> uh, Salt Lake. uh Salt Lake. No, uh Salt Lake. Yeah.
0: I mean, you've got so many guys coming back. You've got you know got Zach Lubin and goal. You've got uh, yeah, so I mean the Phoenix Rising is just absolutely stacked. I mean they did lose Adam John of course to MLS and Atlanta United. Um and in return they actually got Lagos Kunga from Atlanta United too. Um so I mean Top to bottom, the Phoenix Rising roster is just absolutely stacked with talent. Um, you know, they... The USL Championship website is a little bit misleading if you are looking at it. It currently says that they are on a two-match losing streak. That is, of course, not correct. <laughs> um, Phoenix has won uh, two of four since kind of the restart with four nil, with a 4-0 win over LA Galaxy 2. They've also had a draw with... Uh, Orange County, they lost to Orange County. And then, of course, they beat El Paso 3-1 last Saturday. Um, I mean, these guys are scoring goals. They're scoring lots of goals. Um, I believe they are the number one scoring club in the USL currently. Um, And they've got guys who have been in and out of the team of the week each and every week. I mean, looking at their stats right now, they've got Junior Flemings, Rufat, Dadashov, Solomon Asante, all sitting on four goals. Um so yeah, I mean they've got they they've got talent, and these guys are all either forwards or midfielders. So I mean they're going to be going forward, they're going to be attacking a lot. Um, and yeah, it's just they're a lot to take, in it's hard for any other squad um, to really deal with all that. Now mm-hmm. you did mention, of course, and we've mentioned it before, that Phoenix Rising has not defeated New Mexico United at all. In the first three times that the clubs have met, um, we've seen uh, it was a three-three draw we, uh, in here that Albuquerque, um, and then of course we drew. Uh, no, they have that. Have that I that was in Phoenix, wasn't it?
1: Yes, that was, that was back in March of last year. I believe it was the second week. Uh, we went over there and drew three-three with them. Santi had two goals. Uh, Kevon had a goal. Uh, Asante had a flop and scored a couple PKs. Um, It it was a very, very entertaining match, very back and forth. We took the lead three times. They came back three times. Um, And then we had the Open Cup, of course, where we drew 2-2. Well, we didn't draw 2-2. We finished 90 minutes, 1-1, went to extra time. Both teams scored a goal in extra time. Uh, So at the end of extra time, it was 2-2. We went to PKs. And, of course, we came on top came out on top. That was our very first U.S. Open Cup uh, match. Uh, And then, of course, as you know, we went on to beat a couple of MLS teams and play Minnesota in the quarterfinals. So um, I I heard that they had called that a draw uh, and that they didn't lose. Um, That's crap. Uh, We beat them. I don't care if it was in PKs. It's still a win. We moved on. Uh, It goes in the record books
0: as a draw, but yeah, no, they lost. Phoenix lost that match.
1: And then we drew 2 2, two here in uh, Albuquerque last year, where we were up 2 0, and they came back and, and tied it at the end and then celebrated um, rather emphatically because they had, um, with that one point, they sewed up the Western Conference and the supporter shield uh, for the league. So um, they've been entertaining. They've been back and forth, and honestly, with the way we've been playing and the way that they have their roster stacked, uh, I wouldn't expect anything different coming up. Um, I'll be interested to see if Santi starts or plays or uh, what happens there because he has not had the best start with Phoenix. Uh, Last year at this time, well, last year through this many games, he had, I don't know, seven or eight goals for us, uh, was on fire Uh, and just playing spectacular, and that has not been the case whatsoever in Phoenix. Uh, You talked about him uh, serving that suspension for the red card. Um, He picked up a yellow card early off a dumb challenge. He gave up the ball that led to the Orange County goal, and then he missed a sitter just right there, open net, and he hit the crossbar from inside the six-yard box, I believe. And then he pushed the head coach for Orange County and got another yellow card and got kicked out. Uh, So it was not the best of moments for him in his last match. So we'll have to, I'm I'm very curious to see how he bounces back from that Um, just on a personal level, even if it was just against Sacramento or whoever. Uh, But the fact that it's against United, I definitely want to see if he's even in the starting lineup. Uh, I would imagine he would be. Uh, because it's us and because he's a spectacular player, even if he has had a rough start. Um, so to see how he bounces back from all that is going to be very interesting. Um, and I, and I can't wait to see, I, I don't know. I, I would love it to be like a four to one United win uh, with Santi scoring the only goal. Um, I would be okay with that. Uh I know some people won't. Some people want to be greedy and want that shut out and want him to suffer. Uh, and I don't necessarily disagree with those people, but uh, I've talked to Santi quite a bit last year, and yeah, he's a really good guy. Um, him and uh, Tony Soler were were good friends, and, and Tony was really involved with Somosinos News. So um, I, 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 I hope the best for him. I'm still bitter that he went to Phoenix, but I do hope the best for him. Uh, in the long run, uh, just not this weekend and not this
0: season particularly. So, I actually don't think that Santi is going to get a start this weekend. Uh, if you look at the the way that the Phoenix uh, the way that Phoenix is lined up each uh, week, Santi has a grand total of ninety three minutes played, three appearances through five matches, and only <laughs> start. So I don't. I'm not. I'm actually not expecting Santi to start. Um, well, no so just in the, the team sheet, but he's not going to start.
1: Just for the record, the, the three appearances in five matches is a little misleading because he was suspended for one, uh, this last one, and he was hurt for the first match back in March. Yeah, um, so so it is just three three appearances in five matches, but he literally couldn't play in the other two. So I expect we see him. I just don't know if he starts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll start... Um... And I don't know. I have to look and see how they've been using their subs, if they've actually been using all three, all five. Because I know that some of the clubs are not actually using all five subs. Um, we, had a, we had a comment in the chat. Tete coming back will really help. Played really well last year and is still really young. Can't wait to see him and uh-huh. right now Relo2K, who's actually representing New Mexico United for the EUSL Championship as well uh, over on the Xbox
1: side of things. So uh, yeah,
0: yeah. thank you, Relo, for that comment there.
1: And I really hope he's back for this match um, and, and at full strength because I think him and Ryden back there, um, I thought going into the season that was going to be our best center back duo. Um, I still think that is, even though Salih has done a fantastic job the last two matches. Um, Tete is just bigger, a little bit stronger, um, and a little bit more naturally suited to, to play back there. So I, we could definitely use him this weekend. I hope he does come back. That is for sure.
0: So outside of Santi, uh, who you're expecting to see in the match, um who who else stands out for for you um from Phoenix Rising as either a possible threat or just someone that we need to watch out for um throughout the match.
1: Is is everybody an acceptable answer? <laughs> um you can you can say everybody. We'll, we'll accept that. Just, they just have they just have so much firepower up top when you have uh the reigning MVP of the league um and and somebody who despite my disagreement of how he plays, uh, with the flopping and the diving and, and stuff like that. Um, part of it, I kind of understand cause he's like five foot nothing like we were talking about. Um, so he's got to have some kind of advantage. Um, uh, but Solomon Asante is just out there on the wing and attacking and scoring the way he does and distributing the way he does. Uh, it all starts and, and ends with him. Um, Dadashev you mentioned as the he's basically the Adam John replacement up top. Um, he had a hat trick uh, in the first game back from the restart. Um, he looks looks to be basically I don't know what his um, if he's from Russia or where he's from, but whatever he's basically Adam John, but from wherever he's from. Um, and then you have Junior Flemings who had a spectacular goal uh, this last week. Um, that he basically created by himself, uh, cutting it back from, from the touchline back towards midfield, back towards the center of the field and just placed it perfectly right above the keeper's head. Um, which seeing Ketterer, uh, get scored on from El Paso, uh, even if it was by Phoenix still makes me happy. Cause I really don't like him, but, um, yeah, they just have everybody up top, uh, Kevon Lambert. Playing in the midfield, but he's a big, tall, lengthy guy that um, can be dangerous on set pieces and free kicks and stuff. And um, you would have like Kalistri, who scored against us uh, twice in that match here uh, in Albuquerque last year, I believe. Um, They're just—they can just attack from anywhere. They can score from anywhere, and it's—it's not fun to watch, to be honest with you, when they're playing you because you anytime they have the ball in their half or in our half and they're threatening, um, you just, you, you have to assume it's going to happen because that's just how good they are. So um, I I do think that Suggs has played Solomon Asante pretty well in the past, uh, in the last, in the three matches that we've watched. Um, So if he's back there, I'll feel better. Um, I think Austin has played very well on the other side, uh, but he'll have to keep, track of either Junior or Santi or both or who knows with the way they've been playing with Phoenix has been lining up. They've kind of sent everybody everywhere. Um,
0: well, the great thing Brian, about Santi is that we know how he's going to play. We know he's going to play on the left when he was going to try to cut in towards the middle. So we know, we know exactly what Santi's going to do. So they, that's going to help us.
1: They've used him in different ways. They had him up top for a little bit in one game. Um, they've had him out on the right-hand side a little bit. So, I think that's part of why he's struggling this year is because he's not where he prefers to be. Um, And if they play him where he prefers to be, like you said, then yeah, we know exactly what he's going to do because he did it for us all last year. And sometimes people stopped him and sometimes they didn't. I think Santi had a very good second half of the season last year, even though the stats weren't there like they were uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, I feel like he, got keyed on a lot more, but was able to use that to an advantage sometimes. Now he had his moments where he thought he was Superman and wanted to come back to the right and do the same thing that he's done that he did in the first half and it didn't work. Um, but for the most part, I felt like he had a pretty strong second half of the season, even if the goals and the assists weren't there in the second half. But um, I, we'll see what they do. I I, I think it, it starts with Sol- stopping Solomon and not having him flop or not giving him the opportunity to flop and draw penalties. And I think we did a pretty good job of that after the first match last year. So I, I I think it's going to be another good match. And I think we, with the way we're playing on offense, I think it's probably going to be pretty high scoring. Um, And that while exciting is nerve wracking. Um, But who knows, man, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Um, Phoenix hasn't necessarily looked the best since coming back. Uh, they started off with a four-nil win over Los Dos when Los Dos wasn't playing anybody um, because of the MLS's back tournament, and then they played Orange County, drew against them one-one, and then lost to them one-nil. Granted, they were down a man for most of or all of the second half and part of the first half uh, with Santi getting sent off, and then they did crush El Paso. But I think El Paso not that good, so. Um, that doesn't really surprise me. So I don't know what to expect from them. I really don't, uh, they don't look like they normally do. Um, so I think they're kind of vulnerable. Um, but other than the names that I mentioned, which was basically everybody, is there anybody that sticks out for you? Or is there anybody that I mentioned that sticks out to you even more than I led them or more than I hyped them up?
0: So you mentioned stopping Asante, and I think you know, we've, got a, we've got a couple comments in chat that kind of go along with that. Um, RealO2K chimed in and says, Salim Muhammad has played played fantastic the last match. Great job makeshift center back. He you also know, says, Yearwood has been solid as well. Right back and left back are really developing well this year. And I absolutely agree. I mean, our defensive back four, which is what we typically play, now it was basically a back three last weekend, um, but yeah, the back four has developed really solidly. I mean, we signed right and brought him in. Uh, I think we've got a really, really good back four, and that really, you know, that's where really the that's where it's going to come down. What's going to come down to? You know, can we stop Asante? Can we stop Flemings? Can we stop these guys from from getting into the box, getting into the final third, and putting themselves in dangerous positions? Um, So, I mean, yes, it's going to be important that we go out and, you know, try to score like 18 goals to, to beat these guys. Uh, I think we can, I don't think necessarily think that, you know, their back line is, um, is the most solid, but I think for us really uh, it's going to come down to the, the, the play of our back line. You know, can again, can we prevent ourselves from being in those bad positions? Can we stop? Can we not, uh, or can we avoid giving up those penalties, Um, giving up the easy looks, giving up the easy shots? I think if we can do that, it'll really limit Phoenix's ability to number one, create chances. And number two, convert those chances into goals.
1: So with their attacking prowess and um, the way they've been able to generate um, goals seemingly at will the last season and a half. Um, what do you think the high press does to them? Do we high press? Do we drop back a little bit like we did um, against Orange county? Do we drop back all the way um, and and just shut it down and try to prevent goals as much as can and then try to counter? Um, what do you think we do and what do you think we should do as far as our defensive strategy with that? I definitely think we see the press
0: now. Whether or not we employ it the entire match, I don't think we will. Uh, the reason for that is because Phoenix is very good at moving the ball around. They're they're a lot better at getting the ball forward than say El Paso or OKC. So I think even though we are going to press, Phoenix is more technically sound. They're not going to make those mistakes uh, that we that we've been saying the past few weeks. So I think we employ the press, but we also you know kind of. To take FIFA terms we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna team press but we're also gonna set our defense to like you know three depth so where they're you know they're basically lined up about a third of the way up the pitch and then not go beyond that unless we're at unless we are completely down at the other end you know with a goal scoring opportunity um because you Phoenix is so good on the break. They're so good at getting the ball forward and, and making you pay for, for being out of position that I think we're going to see something like like that, you know, uh, for the guys in chat that, that are familiar with me, you know, we'll probably see, United, like I said back, United's back line around a three or four depth uh, to try to prevent that counterattack from, from going. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think, I think that's what's going to come down to. Like we just, we can, we can do the press. We just, we we have to be very aware of, you know, uh, of off the ball movement uh, from Phoenix because, you know, one mistake and they can get that ball down the pitch in a hurry.
1: Yeah. To me, it goes back to um, the first El Paso game we played last year. I remember uh, the press had been working really well up until then. And then um, El Paso just kind of found a way to, to break it easily. Um, and I, it's different, uh, different personnel this year and, um, stuff like that. And I feel like the press has been a lot better executed, um, has been executed a lot better, uh, this year, um, than last year. But that being said, Phoenix, like you said, is just so cerebral and surgical with their passes and movements that, um, I don't, I, I think we will see it. Um, I think it'll be deployed some. Um, I don't know if I want to see it. Um, I am typically not in, I I don't want the other team to be able to dictate how we play, um, more often than not. Um, and so I, I want to start off with how we've been playing with that high press and seeing what happens. Um, but I, I think Troy needs to be real quick in adjusting if Phoenix starts breaking it easily and early. Um, I think he needs to have, you know, one or two chances to where, or if Phoenix does it one or two times, I think we need to switch it up and switch it up right away Um, because Phoenix is a team that you cannot allow to get out on the break um, and get Santi and Asante and Fleming's and uh, Lambert and all the others moving up um, and being in dangerous spots. If they get breaks like that more often than not, um, they're going to finish them. So so I definitely want to see it. Uh, I feel like we've been executing it better, like I said, so that could um, could help us out there and prevent them from being able to do that as easily as um, as we've seen in the past. But uh, it, it worries me just a touch that if, if they start doing that and they get even just a little bit sloppy that uh, Phoenix can carve us up. Um, do you think that that's what they should do? I, I, I'm assuming, I, I know you... Um, I think well enough to say that you wouldn't want us to switch up and just completely park the bus from the get go um, and change our way of playing completely uh, just because it's Phoenix. Is that safe to assume that you wouldn't want to do that?
0: Yeah, no, we, we can't let Phoenix dictate, you know, the way that we play. We can't, um, we cannot go and change up to suddenly or, or all of a sudden like a four, four two, 11 people behind the ball type of club. That's not us. Um, and, and we don't, we don't play well in that style. You know, that's not suited to the way that we played. It's not suited to our players. So I don't think we see that at all. Um, I, it's going to be a fast paced match. I, I believe um, there's going to be a lot of possession in the midfield, a lot of turnovers. Um, and I think that it's going to come, it's it's probably going to come down to someone making a mistake late. If there's for there to be a winner, um, there's a very real possibility that it could be like a, a four, three shootout, Um you know, just depending on on how how things go. So, uh, like, let's uh, we've talked about it. We've talked about what we're worried about. We've talked. Uh, What's your scoreline prediction for Saturday night?
1: Well, I have one. I have one question for you. It's a right. prediction type question. Um, will there be a point in this match where two goals are scored within five minutes of each other? Yes. Yeah, and that I think, like it would not surprise me if that happens multiple times in this match. So um, I've thought about it uh, and thought about it and thought about it. And um, I, I'm going to go three to two New Mexico United um, with one of their goals coming off a PK. Um, And uh, probably going, us one up, them coming back, them taking the lead, and then us tying it and then taking the lead uh, late. Uh, like you said, must mistake late somehow, um, and we were able to capitalize. I think our offense is just rolling, um, uh, and we've seen Phoenix give up goals to us anyways. They really haven't – part of what I'm not sure about is how good their defense is because – they have played Portland, who by all accounts is a high school team out there, basically. Um, they just looked terrible. They beat them 6-1 before the break. Uh, so they gave up one goal there. They gave up no goals to Los Dos. They gave up one to El Paso, one to Orange County in the draw, and then one to Orange County when they lost. So they haven't given up more than one goal all season. Um, so I'm not sure if that's their defense being spectacular their offense just having possession and controlling the ball so much that it limits the other team's chances. Uh, I don't know what to make of that, but I feel like our offense is playing particularly fantastic right now. And um, we've, we scored at least two goals every game last year, including the open cup. So now granted one of those was an extra time. So a little bit of a fudge there, but I think three to us, um, I hope it's more than that. I hope we just absolutely annihilate them and shut everybody up that uh, has said we haven't done anything or uh, forgets that we've done stuff or whatever the case may be. I I want them to to look at this. I, I also was looking at USL uh, Pick'em earlier, um, which we've been on there. I think three of the last the three the three last or three. Bleh, bleh. Let's try this again. We've been on there the last three weeks Um, in our first match or a second match against El Paso. Nobody picked us um, even though we won in this match, or this last match against Oklahoma city. The majority picked us. I think a couple people picked a draw, but the majority picked us. But of course with this Phoenix match, nobody picked us. Uh, um, There was one person that picked a draw shout out to Devin Kerr. he did pick a draw at least, so he has at least a little bit of faith in us. Uh, but everybody else picked Phoenix, so I want them to all to be wrong. I want Devin to be wrong uh, as well, uh, even though he had some faith in us. I want—I just want New Mexico United to come out with three points here, uh, extend the lead in the group, and uh, make Phoenix hurt a little bit more because they're, they're in playoff position, but they're not on the top of their group like everybody thought they would be, and they have uh, – Orange County has matches in hand behind them that if Orange County takes care of business, uh, they would be ahead of Phoenix right now. So um, I, I I don't want them any success whatsoever.
0: All right, so you heard it right there. Jacob's prediction, 3-2 to United. Um, this, is a, this is a tough match to call. Every single match that we've played between them has ended up in a draw or gone to a penalty shootout, depending on the competition that we're in. Um, Phoenix returned a lot of players. They they pick, Again, they picked up Santi Moir from United in the offseason, uh, which was a uh, really a, a big loss for United. Uh, but we do have a lot of guys that have come in that have shown the, the ability to score, the ability to continue working within Troy's system and making that high press uh, super effective um, throughout uh, throughout their run of play. That being said... In Phoenix, I don't know if they're allowing fans out there or not. Um, I think it's going to be a a really a tough match. It's going to be it's going to come down to who can stop the other side's forwards more often. Um, we've I think we've seen more creativity from United. I think you know uh, you've got yes you've got more goal score. I think you got more goal scores over for Phoenix but I think United moves the ball around a little bit better in the final third. Um, They're making more interesting uh, attempts and they've shown the ability to get behind some very good defenses. So I think you're, I think you're, I think you're spot on with your, with your prediction. I think three, two as well. Um, Unfortunately, you know, we're not going to get a clean sheet against Phoenix. I don't expect that at all. Um, But I do, I think we'll go out there and we're going to get the win. Um, give them, uh, their, I guess, their first official loss to United. So 3-2 United for both of us. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be it. You talked about, you mentioned real quick, and we're going to talk about this real quick before we get out of here. Um, United has a chance to pick up points on the rest of the group. Uh, we do, in fact, have a very big opportunity. El Paso and Colorado play each other this weekend, and uh, the Real Monarchs are off. So should something happen with El Paso and Colorado Springs, maybe a draw and United gets a win. I mean, that's a, that's another, what, another two points clear, um, of El Paso. That would put a, yeah a six point gap between us. So, or a seven point gap between us. Wait, no, no, it'd be a six point gap. Yeah. So,
1: so I think, um, I haven't heard from Josh, but I feel safely, uh, in predicting what he would do or in guessing what he would predict as the score. Um, so I want to take a shot at that. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to put on my Josh face here and uh, say, um, well, I've lived in New Mexico long enough to know that, uh, good things don't last here. So Phoenix is going to win three uh, nil. That's Josh. <laughs> um, Josh, I love you, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, but, nah, just wanted to, to talk about Josh and how he's, he's very pessimistic most of the time. So, um, I also didn't want both of us to pick three or or both pick us to win uh, and nobody pick us to lose. So uh, on behalf of Josh, uh, three nil (laughs) uh, is my guess for Josh.
0: All right. Yeah. So there you go. There's our predictions. Uh, Josh, who is not here tonight. Um, Josh, we're going to get you back on the show real soon, man. I appreciate you being here. So yeah, that's our predictions. That's what we think is going to happen this week. Uh, So be sure to stay tuned to Saturday night, eight, 30 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, you can catch the match on ESPN+. Plus, Or if you are local, you can listen to ESPN Radio 117, the team, uh, on the team app, the team website. Or you can go to, Atlantis. I think it's be on La Zeta again as well if you are a Spanish-speaking listener. Um, they've been doing a really good job over there. Uh, some one uh, one of the, one of the, uh, A friend of the show, uh, Adri Cortina, has is one of the – the announcers over there for Lazada. So please go check that out. And of course, again, we want to shout out uh, Josh's charity stream Saturday night, twitch.tv forward slash Craig Mabbitt. They're playing Dead by Daylight to raise money for mental health awareness. Um, Craig, of course, is over in uh, over in Phoenix, I believe. Josh is here. So two different organizations are going get, to get some money from this. The goal is for each side to raise $500 for a charity of their choice um, that works with mental health awareness. So be sure to check that out. Josh is, of course, um, on Instagram and TikTok at uh, the Riddler7X. Be sure to check out those locations for more details. Um, as far as Josh's show, number one, and number two, the charity stream on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that wraps it up perfectly, Seth. Um, hopefully we can come back here and talk about another win next week. But uh, no matter what, we'll be back next week to break down the the Phoenix match and uh, look forward to, uh, I believe it's Colorado Springs after that, um, and, and preview that and talk about where we stand in the group after this and um, how good we played or how bad we played or whatever the case may be. So tune in again next week. Um, between now and then, you can catch us on social media. Uh, there's a Somos News News Facebook page. There's us on Twitter. There's the Suncast on Twitter. Um, there's an Instagram. Uh, you can email Seth and I directly at Jacob at DadVenturesMedia.com and Seth at DadVenturesMedia.com. Um, if you were interested on the first part of the show where we were talking about um, mental health and, and stuff like that, um, be sure to tune in to uh, the dad venture podcast. Uh, we're, we're going to get one of those recorded here pretty soon and up. And, uh, I'm going to talk about Seth or talk to Seth about it. Once we get off there here about maybe doing an episode on mental health and, um, dad struggling with mental health and whatnot. So, um, tune in, be on the lookout for that. If, uh, if you don't subscribe to that, just check out the dad venture podcast, uh, on all the apps out there and, and subscribe to it as well as to this one, uh, rate and review us, please. um, It helps us out a lot. Uh, Just give us feedback. Uh, We want to know where we're where we're doing good, where we need to improve, and everything like that. So, again, next week, uh, breaking down the Phoenix match. Looking forward to Colorado Springs. Um, That's about it, man. Uh, Someone will see us, and we'll see you next week.
0: Link to Suncast, the official podcast of Somos Unidos News. All of our shows are recorded live from Albuquerque and Los Lunos, New Mexico, are written and produced by Seth Bidoff and Jacob Terrell, and are edited by Seth. Special thanks to Jeff2 on YouTube for the music you hear in every episode. All episodes are recorded and edited using Clean Feed and Audacity. All of our shows are proudly hosted on Pinecast.